It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Colleen. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Welcome to Tangential Inspiration Podcast. I am super excited to talk about, and Nick is totally laughing, that I'm going (laughs) to talk about Jan Mardenbro. I hadn't heard of him. Me neither. (laughs) At all. But last week we were killing some time before the marathon, and we went and saw this movie. And yeah, I just, I was so inspired with this guy. I just decided to do a little research. Okay. I'm actually going to talk about somebody from a movie as well. Oh. He is a an astronaut. His name is Ho- Jose Hernandez. Oh my gosh! He just is in the latest People magazine. Yes. Okay. And then I'm Dang also it, you beat me to I'm it. Sorry. <laughs> and then I'm also going to talk about a Starbucks supervisor who is getting ready to buy a new set of wheels, thanks to the loving concern of her coworkers and others. Oh, yes, sweet. I do have to tell you that I was happy that you had taught me about Fred Astaire last week oh. because in the memory care where I work, yes. um, they had turned on um, Royal Wedding oh. and they just watching us dancing He's for amazing. a few minutes. Yeah. Did you also think about how he films the whole dancer? Remember? Yes. Yes, he did. Yes. He totally did. And yes. like the, he's like the Jackie Chan of dance because totally. he's got all these, you know, different props. He's amazing. <laughs> so yes, he's I amazing. excited that I knew a little about him. Yes. So I'm going to talk about Karen Collinsworth. She is a Starbucks employee, and she works at a Starbucks in a town called Huntington, which is outside of Columbus, Ohio, Mm. and it's close to a college called Marshall. Hmm. I know. I've never heard of it before, but she has worked in the food industry since 1978, and she just loves... Oh, wow. I know. She just loves working Mm -hmm. in food. Yeah. She says, I love waiting tables. I just do. Mm -hmm. She says, your customer service develops and you just want to please people. She's just so sweet. So a lot of, of course, college kids work with her. And Cassie said, I love coming into work knowing that she's going to be there. I talk to her about literally everything. She's like my mom when I'm away from home and can't talk to my mom. So it's just a relief being able to go in there and talk to her, knowing that she's going to help me through work or whatever. I just thought that was really cute. And Karen's reputation for kindness might explain why the entire campus full of students and faculty came to her aid when they heard she was having trouble with her 2004 Kia, which was running on its last legs. Oh, no. And she had been having lots of problems with her car, with her car battery, and she was having problems with with it starting. And her neighbors were having to give her a jump start, things like mm. that. And then in the past six months, her car trouble continued. And recently, her catalytic converter was stolen. Oh, my god! So I had to look that up because mm-hmm. I have to be honest with you that I didn't really understand what a catalytic mm-hmm. con- converter mm-hmm. did. And apparently, it helps with emissions, but it also does a lot of other things for your car. And in the United States, you actually shouldn't. It's illegal to run your car without it. Oh, I did not know that. Same. That's why I'm looking it yes, up for yes, all you that's people. that's the great thing about the podcast. We're <laughs> Maybe it isn't so just much. about me. So, <laughs> so driving without it can cause damage to the environment, like I said, and it's best to have it replaced immediately. And they also said, while your car will continue to run, there will be some new sounds and performance issues. <laughs> that's going to match so. my story with the... <laughs> 
Um, and then it was broken into again just days later, and items were stolen from the interior this time. So it was Poor just, lady. I know, I know. What a bad luck. And then a group of baristas started talking about how they wish they could figure out how to help Karen with her car troubles and started talking about it on a yap called Yik Yak. Have you ever heard of that no. before? Me neither. So it must be a college kid thing. thing. So when this was one thing that I was so disappointed about because Nick took a couple selfies at the run. Okay. And I was like, well, you send those to me. And he's like, oh, I only sent them to so-and-so and so-and-so on Snapchat. I'm like, well, is there any way to get them back? Nope. Nope. That's the beauty of Snapchat. I'm like, your mother doesn't get any photos <laughs> because of... I know. So, yeah. And then there's some other... Spencer was talking about he and Andrew talked him into something. I don't think it was Yak Is it yak. Could Be Real? No. Okay. <laughs> Man, we need to catch up on our apps, Colleen. All right. Maybe, dear listeners, <laughs> we will do a rundown of apps oh, one of these days yeah. just to help you out so and ourselves. with your yes. kids. So anyway, they were talking on this app with other baristas, Yik Yak, and we, <laughs> they said, we all just kind of talked about it, and we floated around the idea of starting a fundraiser for Karen. Hmm. After work, when I got back to the dorm, I decided to just make it because I figured even if we couldn't raise that much money, any amount would help her. It was just kind of like a spur-of-the-moment thing. And so they called their GoFundMe, We Love You, Karen. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they just wanted to help her buy a working car and ensure she wouldn't have to worry about monthly bills. Mm-hmm. To date, the fundraiser has raised over $40,000, Wow! if you can believe that. See, I just love to hear stories like that right. because there are good people yep. out there that yep. when you put your hands together. It or, circulated you know. pretty quickly that way, and donations were very nearly immediate. Cool. Um, these girls, um, the baristas, mm-hmm. had intended to surprise Karen with the fundraiser once it was done, but it spread so quickly that a neighbor actually broke the news to her instead. Karen said, I was taken aback when I found out. It was very overwhelming. I knew these kids loved me because I love them. But for them to be 19-year-old college students, they have so much going on in their life. But then to take care of their Starbucks mom, Karen, that just shows how big their hearts are. There are big donations, the highest being a $5,000 donation from Marshall University President Brad Smith. Gay Brad. But most of the more than 1,200 donations are much smaller. All the $5 donations meant more to me than 1,000 or 3,000, Karen said. It was just precious coming from these college kids that couldn't afford a cup of coffee. Just goes to show you their kindness. Hmm. Karen says initially she was just looking to fix her old car, but now she's received such a sum she is thinking about treating herself to a Subaru. (laughs) (laughs) Getting very fancy. I know. This weekend, she'll be car shopping, Aww. all the while thinking of all the baristas yeah. that work with her at Starbucks, faculty and students at Marshall University. She said, I know these kids love me, and that's what makes my life worthwhile. They didn't have to do something for me like this. It's just enough knowing that I'm so cared about. Oh, I love that. I know, me too. That's awesome. And I love the Subaru. <laughs> that, that too. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't shy away or hide my distaste for video games. Yeah, I'm not a big fan (laughs) either. (laughs) I know I'll be very unpopular for saying this, but for me, they're just such a huge waste of time. No, I feel the same. So keep in mind, I grew up with Ms. Pac-Man. Frogger. I love all those. Gunslinger. Mario. Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rad Racer. 
Mm-hmm. Loved that what one. What was the one where the guy was swinging through the um, oh, King forest? Oh, no, no, no. no. Mm. I can't think of what it we'll is. Have to, we'll have to look that up. Right. But they were all fun, especially Rad Racer. But they didn't include the learning curve of modern games. Right. Also, there was no shoot 'em up. Well, Gunslinger, I there was it was like you were at a saloon. Okay, Western. Um, yeah, it was Western theme okay. one. Okay. Um, but definitely not as violent. And Frogger, I mean, you're driving across the street without getting hit by <laughs> that's a car. True. I, I guess you do get <laughs> I mean, kind of smushed. Can't think too deeply about this. Right, that's true. <laughs> um, when my oldest was attending school in Wales, I tried to stay in touch with video games. Oh, okay. It was short-lived, as in one time <laughs> we were playing a Star Wars game. But they are so dang complicated Yes, that they left me behind within seconds. Seconds. Oh. They would, me too. <laughs> so, you are not alone. <laughs> I know that the guys on Big Bang Theory, you know, they all bond together with their games. Right. And that show helped educate me a bit with mm-hmm. things like AFK. Oh, yeah. Yes. It reminds me of Penny with the Cheetos in right. her hair, but right. away from keyboard. Away from um, keyboard. But I just don't have the attention span or, quite frankly, the desire or interest yep. to learn. I so I'm 100% with you. <laughs> I'm fine with Rad Racer. Right. I point that out because my kids laughed at my enthusiasm over the movie Gran Turismo. My sister had texted that it was a great movie. When I looked it up, I was excited to learn that it was based on a true story, but that excitement kind of faded when I found out it was about a video game. So right. I filed her suggestion and decided I'd wait for the small screen. Okay. You know, I didn't need to go see it. I don't know if I've heard about this at all, and maybe... I honestly ignored it because probably. it was about yeah. video games. Yeah. I probably was kind of like, yeah. mm, yep, exactly. push that aside. Yep. Have enough in the brain. Once Correct. <laughs> yeah, Correct. Don't need to put that in there. No. And recently we were out of town and trying to kill some time and decided to go to a movie. We were running an event in the morning and a movie sounded like a perfect pre-race plan. It's always a challenge to get everyone to agree on a movie. Sure. And I would have picked The Equalizer because I love Denzel Washington. Okay. Um, but I had talked Nick into the marathon, so I decided he should be able to pick the movie. Good call. I didn't want to make him sit through the equalizer. And I was making him run 26.2 miles the next day. So I think that's wise. Gran Turismo, it was. Since the movie's based on a true story, there aren't actually any spoiler alerts. You know, I don't have any spoilers here, ah. but keep that in mind during our discussion if you're planning to see the movie. I'll start with Gran Turismo, the video game. It debuted in 1997 and is the best-selling video game under the PlayStation umbrella. Wow. I can't believe I'm talking video games. (laughs) Well, also, I can't believe it's the best-selling game that I've never heard of. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But somehow I'm not shocked by that. (laughs) I have neither. The game was created by Kazunori Yamachi, a Japanese game designer, and he himself a race car driver. Oh, wow. So he had a cameo in this movie. Oh, neat. Um, This movie was, like, very authentic. Okay. And that was the cool thing about it. This whole story, this whole thing just seems like a movie. This guy was nicknamed Kaz, this race car driver, and he set out with seven other people to create Gran Turismo, beginning in 1992, and it took him five years because they were so, you know, they really wanted to make it like the racetracks. Hmm. Jan Martinbro was always interested in cars, mainly the Matchbox variety because, you know, he's a little kid and that's sure. what they could afford. Sure. His father had been an English footballer back when they weren't making a ton of money. So the family, you know, they had a modest income and he was interested in car racing. But who isn't at a young age? 
I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. So, right. I talked about one of my favorite Christmas gifts being that racetrack, you know. So right. I just know that a lot of kids like racing cars when they're little. Sure. Especially so, those ones you pull back and it oh, kind of yeah. zooms off. Yeah. So when he was eight, he went over to a friend's house for Guy Fawkes Night, mm-hmm. which I had to look up what Guy Fawkes Night was okay. because I'm not familiar with it here. Okay. Yes. So it's also known as Bonfire Night, Fireworks Night. It's huh. an annual commemoration observed on November 5th, primarily in Great Britain. Okay. And involves bonfires, firework displays. Yeah, we have to do a historical thing on that whole thing because right. that's a whole... Is it kind of like their 4th of July? <laughs> it, it sounded like it. Okay. Kind of similar, but not... I mean, it was about this guy, Fox. Okay. Um, Just reminds me of the fireworks and everything like yeah, that. But definitely, like. we need yeah. to delve into that a little exactly. bit more. Exactly. I, I want to know more I about that. To, but we'll put that up there with the apps. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't like socializing. I think he was a bit of an introvert. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like loud noises. Which, if you don't like loud noises, you're not going to hang out outside with the fireworks. So they went in and played some Gran Turismo on his friend's PlayStation. He said, I listened to him in this interview, and he said he still remembers the car he raced. It was a Lilac Mitsubishi 3000 GT. From that time on, he headed to their house, this friend's house after school to play, and he was hooked. So much so that they gave him the PlayStation and the game. I mean, I think I would call that obsessed. It, it, yeah, and the movie kind of goes into that a bit. But it was also around this time that he learned that race car driving was an actual profession. Not a practical one for him, though, because, like I said, it's a very, very expensive hobby. Yes. But he still wanted to be in with the actions. When it came time for him to go to university, he decided that he'd study motorsport engineering. Oh, interesting. So that was in 2010. He dropped out after three weeks because there was just way too much math, which I can relate. I right. totally can relate. Right, right. I mean, he was taking a gap year. I noticed that an on, there was this online time trial for GT Academy, hmm. which I think is Gran Turismo Academy. He took his training seriously for this. And I, I, it's hard for me to say training seriously, because <laughs> if I remember right in that podcast, he said he was um, training seven to nine hours a day with this race car simulator. So he's just playing the game? Yeah. Seven to nine hours a day. Yeah. That's the training. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm understanding Well, I think this. that's what it was, because the academy, they actually did a whole lot more, and I'll get okay. into that. But I think when he was trying to get ready for this big contest, okay. he was just playing the game. So, like I said, I listened to an interview with Jan, and he was great, but all the car talk, oh my gosh, all the car talk was okay. a challenge for me. My eyes just like glazed over. I just didn't know what they were discussing. I didn't know the different 3,000, 2,000, ZD, I and, you know, either. all these different courses. And But anyway, 90,000 people entered this competition, <gasps> Whoa. and he had been playing the game a lot, but so had a lot of other people. Sure. He had created a home simulation that was more like a car. Okay. So I guess the two courses that he had started at the university paid off, actually. It taught him something because he designed and made his own rig. And that's in the movie. And once again, they, like, made it authentic to what he had at his house. Even with, like, the sounds. They were saying how they wanted the sounds to sound the same. I can't even really wrap my head around that. No, you got to see it on the big screen, too. Okay. It's the thing. Okay. 
So he qualified in the top 20 in his region and advanced. The next stage meant serious training with both physical and racing challenges. In this interview, he said that they were expected to do crazy things like dogfight in a plane. Things they probably couldn't include in the movie because it would just seem too unrealistic. No one would believe them. Right. I wonder, too, if it was illegal. I think it was on a, on a I'm Uh-oh. assuming, uh, yeah, oh, okay. on a game. Hmm. He never actually clarified, but the whole goal of the academy was just to push them to their limits okay. and, and see how far past their limit they could get and create situations beyond their control. Right, right. So he goes through all this crazy training at the GT Academy, and it ends with a 20-minute race around Silverstone National Circuit in a real Nissan, they, they pronounce it Nissan. Okay. Nissan 370Z sports cars. See when my eyes glazed over when they were talking about stuff like this? <laughs> yes. And in that race, he won by eight seconds. That's a ton of time. It actually is. Yes. It really is. Mm-hmm. So after winning the GT Academy, he was awarded a Nissan contract. The thing that was funny is they just were laughing at all of the the plugs in the movie. I mean, it appears to be just, you know, all of these ads but okay. really, that's how race cars are. They totally. have all the advertisers. With yeah, them. yeah, sure. So he was awarded this contract. And keep in mind, he had never driven a high performance car or been on a racetrack before this whole thing. Right. So he had taken his driver's license, you know, his driver's exam, and like his mom's Hyundai. Sure. <laughs> <He> just, <laughs> like we all do. Yeah. After he won the GT Academy, he had to compete in a number of national races to qualify him for an international racing license. In 2013, Martin Bro made his debut at the 24-hour Le Mans driving a Zitec Z11 S9 Nissan. Now, once again, I have no idea you know, what those are, but he and his team finished third in class and nine overall after another team was disqualified post-race. In 2014, at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, Martin Bro set the fastest ever supercar time up the Goodwood Hill. He was driving uh, uh, all of these are like, and this is what I was driving, and this is what I was driving. Just say a really fast car. Yeah, he was driving a a fast car. Yes. In March of 2015, his his fast car, Mm -hmm. a GT3 class Nissan GTR Nismo, cartwheeled over a fence. Oh my god. After gosh. catching air. And apparently they kept it very, you know, they made it as accurate as they possibly could. It it like just flipped up and you just saw it. That is scary. It flying. And sadly, it killed a spectator. I know that some people have criticized including that part in the film. But for Jan Martinborough, he noted that he fully supported its inclusion. He said it wasn't about, you know, just winning a race, getting the girl, and living happily ever after. Right. He wanted people to know that, you know, there are struggles in life. And for right. him, this was the hardest thing in his personal and professional life. Absolutely. And, and he just had to keep pressing on. Right. He was cleared of any, I mean, it wasn't his fault. It was no. just freak accident. Well, and just the way that they drive and oh bump into each other and I do know. all that kind yeah. of stuff. I, I know. I'm actually surprised it doesn't happen yeah, more often. I am too. I and am that is too. not the first time that a spectator's no. been killed. No. No. So... On a happier note, in 2015, Sports Pro Media put him on their list of the most marketable athletes in the world. Not too shabby. No. Um, his list of accomplishments is just too long to share. I was going to read some of them, but we'll just say he he drives really, really fast. And, and well. Yes, exactly. Very talented. 
but he was the youngest GT Academy winner at 19. This program, they don't do it anymore, but I think it was kind of, they were, they were, it was a brilliant idea actually to try to get these kids that had been on video games and because the Gran Turismo, they're so big on keeping it authentic to the courses that these kids, you know, it's like they've been on the course if they're driving the right behind a real car. Yeah. Yeah. They're not driving with a joystick or, you know, it's right. like a steering wheel. And he made a fancy steering wheel. And apparently when he did that, his little simulation thing, right? his parents, because they're expensive, and sure. they gave him money for grades. So he would use that money to, <laughs> hey. to build his, his car. <laughs> I mean, some kids use it for a computer. Yeah. Some kids, yeah. I mean. No, I mean, it's worked. And I just love that. Right. Yes, he was obsessed with it, but obviously right. it, it was because he was, you know, it was a God-given talent. Right. For sure. Right. Right. So his reward for winning the GT Academy was to drive at the Dubai 24-hour race, which was equally impressive. I can't believe these races go on for 24 hours. Right. I mean, they show that in the movie, and, like, it's dark, and right. sometimes it's raining, and it's right. miserable, miserable. And just being up all night... No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> he placed third in class and subsequently competed in Formula 3. Now, a lot of these, I don't even know what they are. So right. keep that in mind. But for the car people out there. One time um, I was watching a race with my husband. And I, I can't even remember what it was. But I was like, they're just going to drive in that circle for <laughs> I know a million for times. For a really long time. Yeah, that's me. I'm like... <laughs> That is insane. And for the next hour, you're just going to watch <laughs> yes. this? Well, the, they're driving it. That's one thing. And then to watch it right. is another. It's just like insane. Well, and then they're going to pull over and yeah. then they're going to pull out again. Yeah. And how do they know where they've been uh-huh. and how many times they've been around? And- but after <laughs> listening to this like two plus hour podcast with right. all these car nut guys and then the director of the show and Jan, I mean, they're, that's why I said I just. It's their passion. It is. Totally. They're looking at all, like, it's not just the circle. They're looking at all those cars. They're looking at the wheels. They're looking, you know, they're, they notice a lot of stuff. And it is really amazing when they pull over and those guys come out and do all that work. I mean, to me, that's amazing. Teamwork, for sure. It's, it's, yeah. He placed third in class um, and subsequently competed in Formula 3, Mm -hmm. GTA, Black Pain, British GT, and Super GT. Within two years of his, you know, Gran Turismo Academy graduation, he was on the podium for the 24 hours of Le Mans, which I guess is just a yes, huge... I have heard of that one. Oh. Hey, you're ahead of me, because I had not... My husband does have a Bohaniac Le Mans car. Oh, okay. And so I think maybe that stuck out in I my head. I did not even know that that mm-hmm. was what it was from. So mm-hmm. I hear this in the movie, and I think of Le Mans the biker, <laughs> so... I don't Obviously believe not. so. Obviously not. No, because it's not spelled this way. I mean, way. I'm not saying I, I'm right. No, no, but. you are. You are. But um, I just admire this young man for his drive, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. He wasn't entering to win it and become a legit race car driver because he, you know, 90,000 people. What, right. are the odds? what are the odds? He just put his head down and did the work. And each time just kept working to progress to the next level, just like they do, you know, in video games, yep. I guess. Add to that a sense of humor. And what he describes as a chill personality when he isn't behind the wheel. Because they've got to be intense behind the wheel, I'm sure. I think there's just a lot going on. Yeah. And safety-wise, yeah. too. Yeah. I love me some Enya. Oh, me too. 
And that song is pre-race playlist. Oh, interesting. That's in the movie. Oh, I yes. like that. Um, no hard rock, no Metallica. That's, that's I, I. That's what I was noting. I'm like, right. I would have thought some serious heavy metal, right, or Hip-hop. something. No, but he's right. got Enya and Kenny G. Oh, I like both of those. <laughs> so I actually really like both of those. That might age us, but I really like both of those. <laughs> So I just love that. And I also love that he seems to maybe not ignore the haters, but doesn't let them, you know, rent too much in his brain. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Too much space there because he came from such unique beginnings. Mm -hmm. Some competitors have been very rude, extremely obnoxious because Hmm. acting like he doesn't belong there because he's a gamer, not a race car driver. They go a little bit. Uh, into that in the movie but Hmm. he also um this was my favorite part about this interview with him he talked a little bit about orlando bloom who's in the movie and he i guess is a huge car guy as well i didn't know like knows all the cars and that's um, cool yep very cool and he did an exceptional job but he convinced the filmmakers to let him drive a car i mean it's sometimes sure so why not as he walked out with his suit, his safety suit, sure. and the helmet, he looks back at Jan and said, he told Jan he was going to show him how it's done. <laughs> and so the next time Jan saw him, he was the passenger of a tow truck. Oh, that's so, so funny. <laughs> so oh, that's He, he funny. looks back and he tells Jan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how it's done. Right. And then he must have. Mm-hmm. Had a crash. He was fine, obviously. Otherwise, sure, I wouldn't be goodness. laughing. And the car, I mean, it wasn't totaled, but still, just too funny. Too funny. Yeah. I think it's harder than you think to oh, maintain control of a car yeah. moving that fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, um, my husband's boss races cars sometimes oh, and uh-huh. has noticed as he's gotten older that he gets sick now. Oh, no. Moving that fast, uh, yeah. making those yeah. curves yeah. and such. So I think that can be a factor, yeah. too. Oh. Uh, yeah. I think there's just more that goes into it than we really Yeah, absolutely. Think. And I guess he was saying something with the brakes, but I think the person who was driving with him pulled the brakes because I don't it's know. terrifying. Who knows? Yeah. Like so I, you know, I, I don't know if I would get carsick behind a wheel going super fast. Who I knows? hope not. I probably Because I would really like to go try it all by myself, all by myself. I don't right. want anybody else. But right. I just think it's so refreshing to see young people passionate about something sure. and totally following their dreams. That most definitely is what Jan continues to do. And I'm so happy I saw this on the big screen. I think everyone should see it on the big screen, even though I'm totally not a car enthusiast. Right. I'm not a gamer. I just appreciate that they wanted to make the whole thing as accurate as possible. Mm-hmm. Down to the simulator he had in his room. Like right. I said, they wanted the sounds of it to be the same. Wow. Interesting. The car guy is giving the interview um, called this the Rocky movie for this generation. And oh. I couldn't agree more because that's the thing. One of the guys was like, mm, I didn't really want to go see it, but I decided I should because we're interviewing this guy. And he's like, oh, my gosh, it was a great movie. And the whole interview, it kept come, kept going back to, it was a great movie. So tell me the name of the movie again. Just Gran Turismo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's easy. Okay. So, okay, that is. And who doesn't love a good underdog story? I, that is true. I mean, that is true. So make sure to check out the film. You won't be disappointed. It didn't change my feelings about video games. Fair. As much as it reminded me that there can be a place for them. Agreed. For, for us. It's not like I'm going to go buy the Ms. Pac-Man that's at Costco right now. Right. But it might be fun to give Gran Turismo a spin. 
Maybe I'll just stick with my Wii Fit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and with the accuracy of the game, I could actually learn some stuff, too. And we could compete with Jeff. Well, and like, maybe you could go out and do your 100-mile-an-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Probably not. I have enough of foot. I don't need to add to that. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh. This was just so inspiring, and he's such a neat guy. And that was what the director said about him. He's like, I wanted you to do this film, but it was even better that he's a great guy. Right. It's like, not only is he super talented, but he's a great guy. So it made it easier to do a film and, you know, want to put him in a spotlight. Right. Versus just doing it to tell the story. Right. So, yeah. All the Good. actors did a great job. It was Fantastic. amazing. Part of the reason it was so accurate is mm. that he was one of, you know, he helped them with all of the stuff. He was one of the stunt drivers. They had some big race car guy. So that, he was hanging out at the, <laughs> on the movie yes, set. Yes. Yes. Neat. Yes. So it's like as close to how it happened as Hollywood can as it make can it. Yeah, be. exactly. Awesome. Exactly. So this wasn't planned, but I'm talking about another movie you need to see, <laughs> which is so funny. I feel like there's sometimes it feels like it's yeah. planned, but honestly, well, I see it's so not. few movies. Is the that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say? Is that what are the odds? Few and yeah. far between yeah. movies that I really want to see. But apparently this one is streaming as of oh. Oh, yes, yes, September yes, yes. 15th on Amazon um, I Prime. I do also want to so. know that we don't pre-plan these. Like, no, And that's part don't. of what I love. I mean, we pre-plan what we're doing. But, right. like, I don't know. It's like a surprise for me uh, right. to, to learn from Colleen. When well, she, and vice versa. So, yeah. Right. So, so it's just fun when yeah. they have... <laughs> So, this film is starring Michael Pena. Do you know who that is? He Mm-mm. was in The Martian. He oh, was one of the okay. astronauts. He's yeah. Hispanic looking. Yeah. And I just love him in everything that mm-hmm. I see. But I have to, too, also say that The Martian is one of my, like, top five favorite movies. So, it's, that could be biased yeah. for me. So At um, some point, we need to get to the bottom of why that's one of your top five. But I, I don't know. I do love the music in yeah. it, too. Okay. I that do makes really a big enjoy difference. Matt Damon. Yeah. Remember, I did talk yeah. about Matt Damon. Yeah. But I don't know why. Yeah. I just really, really love mm-hmm. that movie. Um, I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. I just... Right. Top five. That's... It is That's for me. like, yeah. Yeah. But it's starring, um, like I said, Michael Pena, and he is playing the astronaut Jose Hernandez. Mm-hmm. That's his name. The movie is called A Million Miles Away. This film is based on the true story of Hernandez's ascent from farmhand, born in California, to Mexican immigrant parents all the way to a NASA flight engineer on the 2009 space shuttle mission. See, that's just amazing. Yes, it is. It is really, really cool. I didn't even read the article because I tore it out and I put it in a file and I noted this movie because I'm like, I've got to watch this movie. So He said it started with his father giving him his recipe to succeed in 1972. He called it his five ingredients to success. So... Jose is currently 61, so in 1972, I was thinking he'd be about 10 years old when his Mm -hmm. father gave him these five ingredients Mm -hmm. to success. The five ingredients are determine your goal, recognize how far you are from it. Okay. (laughs) Draw yourself a roadmap, prepare yourself for the challenge, and work, work, work. I love. Yep. I love that. These were what propelled him to learn English by the time he was 12. He also developed mammography imaging. I know. 
at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. He studied electrical engineering at the University of Pacific and University of California, Santa Barbara, and began NASA's astronaut training at NASA Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas in 2001. This is so interesting. He was actually rejected 11 times. I, I both NASA. love and hate to hear that because right. it's, it, it is, I love to hear stories with people that just don't give up. Right. But when you, you know, think about it too, it's like your story out of 90,000 yes. people. I know. I know. I mean, sometimes. It happens. Right. Yeah. And he was actually, like I said, he was rejected 11 times and he ended up being accepted the 12th time. I love that he didn't give up. I nope. mean, it would have been easy to give up the fifth time, sixth time, seventh. Yeah. I would have. Well, definitely. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It would have been easy. so everybody yeah. knows in yeah. advance. <laughs> that's why we're not astronauts. Right. We are not astronauts. Hernandez has since added a sixth ingredient to his dad's recipe. You got to have perseverance in you to keep trying and believing in yourself and keep improving yourself mm -hmm. each time you fail. Mm -hmm. So learning from each experience. Yeah. And small little so, you know, things to improve each failure. Right. Yeah. Right. When asked about his space shuttle mission, he said, you go from zero to 175,000 miles per hour in 8.5 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Can we just talk about car sickness again? Yeah. Because I just don't think I'm made for See, that. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't do roller coasters anymore mm -mm, because of that, that, that right. feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. He said, I mean, this is the best Disneyland ride you could hope for. Nope. <laughs> I know. Disagree. Disagree. He adds, being in space is very, very humbling. I remember the first time I unbuckled my seatbelt and experienced zero G for the first time. I was making my best Superman impersonation. I would do that, too. <laughs> if I was in zero G, I would do that, too. As I floated down mid-deck. But then I saw the window that was pointed directly at Earth, and I said, I got to stop and look at Earth from this perspective. Mm. Only 500 and some odd people have had the privilege of seeing it out of 7 billion. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. the truth? That yeah. was so cool. We were over North America. But what struck me as beautiful is that you couldn't tell where Canada ended and the U.S. begun. You couldn't tell where the U.S. ended and Mexican begun. And I said, my gosh, I have to go out of this world to realize what borders are human-made. Concepts oh my gosh, designed I, to separate us. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. If we can give the opportunity to our world leaders to have this same aha moment, I will guarantee you mm. we wouldn't be having the troubles we have. Preach right there. I know. Yeah. He needs yeah. to run for something. I know. He's done. These days at 61 years old, Hernandez splits his time between his California vineyard. It's called mm. Tierra Luna Cellars and public and motivational speaking. Mm. He is the author of a book called Reaching for the Stars, the inspiring story of a migrant farm worker turned astronaut. And he left NASA to dedicate more time to his family, his wife and five children. Oh, wow. Yep. And looked it up on Instagram. He has a couple social media channels if you just mm -hmm. want to peek. And it's at Astro Jose Hernandez or at Tierra Luna Sellers, which is T-I-E-R-R-A-L-U-N-A-C-E-L-L-A-R-S. And he said that his wines are inspired by constellations. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it was really fun to hear about him. And um, we'll probably talk about him more after we watch the movie. Yeah. 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 Maybe this oh, weekend great. we need to see one in the yeah. theater, maybe yeah. one in the streaming. <laughs> yeah. So. 
Speaking of this week. Yes. So we will be taking a week off. So there won't be a new podcast, but we'll be back the following week. And we will have seen these movies, I'm sure, at that yeah. point. And then be chatting about them. And Colleen talked me into a new cookbook about Costco dinners. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I've been leafing through that thing. So I'll did have you already get this. it? I did. Oh, yay. Yeah. So okay. I'll be having some new recipes to share, too. Yes. From Costco stuff. It's brilliant. Yes. yes. So I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying yeah. it. I haven't made anything yet. But, okay. But next time. Yes. So yeah, we'll. I'm glad um, you're inspired. <laughs> yes, exactly. Nothing is as strong as gentleness. Nothing so great as real strength. Saint Francis de Sales. We want to hear from you. Please email us your thoughts, story ideas, or just say hi at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com. Tell us about someone inspiring in your life and like or subscribe to our podcast. It helps us out and helps others find us. You can find more information about us at our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Follow us on Instagram at tangentialinspirationpodcast or find us on Facebook. Have a great week.